In this episode, we talk about why consequences are important, when consequences mean nothing, positive consequences versus a gift or reward, and natural consequences. My name is Justin Sinceri. And I am Mercedes Corona. We are licensed marriage and family therapists and your fellow trauma nerds, helping you understand and apply the science of connection to daily life. Welcome to episode 28 of the Polyvagal Podcast. After our topic, we have some announcements. And specifically, I want to talk about how incredible our super fans are. Super fans. I'm just blown away by how incredible the super fans are. And I want to talk about them for a minute. They're and then we have your... Super fans. Super fans. They're super fancy. I'm going to start coming up can with I, songs. Can I cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> All right. And then we have your homework assignment. And we do ask you to put yourself first. We keep every episode as safe as we can. But just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. And in particular, we're talking about consequences in this episode, and consequences vary greatly from home to home. You may definitely think about the consequences you received growing up, but hopefully think about also how you're applying consequences to your own children. We have a special message also to the behavior nerds out there. We just wanted to let you know that we understand that there is a difference between positive and negative consequences, the way we will be discussing them in this episode, and the way that you the behavior nerds refer to them as. I just needed to put that out there. Because don't be emailing us. Don't. Because <laughs> you will get a prompt reply politely saying, yeah, we know we addressed it in the beginning of, of the episode. Yes. So All right. So consequences are important. Uh, they can help, obviously, to change. They can help to change behavior. Um, I think that we've spent a lot of time talking about connecting to your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Empathy and compassion for your kids and healthy attachment and all that stuff, right? Which is fantastic. But absolutely, kids might make poor choices. We'll put it that way. And Can I put it a different cons- way? Sure. Kids will definitely make poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> so just like in the real world, there are consequences for your choices. And I think in the home that there should also be consequences in the home. Um, we are saying that positive is desirable, like a desirable consequence, something that the child is cool with, and negative is undesirable. Positive consequences are more reinforcing than negative consequences. There is such a thing as intermittent consequences. And so the intermittent consequences are the ones that we do when we're doing so great at being consistent, and then we just give in just the one time, just the once, and that will... What Are, are you meaning like we're do- we as parents are doing great, and we're not giving in, and then Correct. they ask for... They ask for a TV before they've done their homework, and then we say, fine, just this one time. Just this one time. Yeah, and the exactly. Fact that exactly. That is like the intermittent. It's like random. Just it's not... this one time. Uh, you know, I'm only going to give that in just this And that is hugely reinforcing. Once. Yes. It's the motivation for the kids to try again next time. So even though the rule is this, mom gave in that one time. Dad said just this once, but maybe it'll be just this once again. The parallel here would be playing the slots as adults. If you, you know, pull the handle for the vast majority of the time, you're going to lose. But every now and then you might get a cha-ching and get those sweet, sweet nickels out of there. Maybe this time. And then all of a sudden, I want to do it again, mm-hmm. right? So v- vast majority is big fat zero, but sometimes, rarely, you'll get something and that makes you want to do it again. Mm-hmm. And in, in parenting terms, this means that 
the kids will try, they, they will throw the fit or they will do the negative behavior, the one that we're trying to correct. They will do that negative behavior just in hopes of getting that one shot again, just this once, one more time. So to be clear, intermittent consequences are the most reinforcing. We have to be careful of those. Positive consequences are more reinforcing than negative. So when we're talking about giving our kids consequences, we want to find ways of of giving them consequences that they will want. So desirable consequences versus negative consequences like punishments. So the big message here is to be consistent. Probably the easiest way to lose any progress you've made with shaping your kids' behaviors is to do the intermittent consequences. Be consistent, try and stay as positive as you can, and and hopefully that will, not hopefully, but the positive consequences will help to shape your child's behavior and bring about more positive behaviors a little bit more effectively than the negative consequences will. Yeah, if you're relying only on negative consequences, that doesn't seem to help. And Mm -mm. they kind of get used to whatever it is, or they don't care about it anymore, or they don't feel like they have a positive connection with you. Then, Well, we'll talk about that more, but nothing really matters at that point. The second reason that consequences are important is that it can help to build distress tolerance, which happens along with successful co-regulation. That means that as long as a parent is successfully co-regulating, that the consequences they implement will have an effect. The next time that the child is going to like hit their sister, they know the consequence because last time they hit their sister, they had a consequence that meant something to them, like they lost their favorite thing or had a timeout or whatever it was. But that consequence means nothing. And this brings us to our, our next topic here, which is consequences might mean nothing, and especially when they don't have someone who is successfully co-regulating with them. And this is something that, Mercedes, I'm curious if you see the same thing. Constantly I see with the kids that I work with, younger ones, uh, middle ones, teenagers, like constantly this is underneath a lot of the kids that aren't making change, they don't have someone at home who is co-regulating with them successfully. They have to have ideally someone at home. But even if they don't, if they have someone at school that they know cares, you know what I mean? Yeah, then the consequences absolutely. that they deal with in their life they will start to mean something. But if you have nobody, the consequences mean nothing. And I really believe that like even like probation, being on probation, being arrested, uh, getting beat up because you're part of a gang, like, these things mean nothing unless you have someone who is successfully co-regulating and attached with you. The the kids, whatever age, the littles and the middles and the bigs, they all have to have something to come home to, whether it's literal home or whether home means at school or whatever relationship that is. There has to be a home base for them to come back to in a relationship to find that co-regulation and that connection for there to be any meaning in the consequences. Is this something that you feel like you see pretty regularly then? With the every day. Ones? Every day. I, I think with foster kids, kids in group homes who have lost oh, yeah. or maybe never had that healthy attachment to a parent, to a co-regulator, that um, they have, it seems like some really severe behaviors oftentimes. And it seems more intensive as well. And I don't know if that's too too much of a blanket statement, but um, it, it seems like no, that's kind of the, that's kind of like that. It's like a little like we're we're talking about unhealthy attachments, mm-hmm. and there's kids who fit that bill who have some pretty severe behaviors, and it it seems like you know those kids foster group foster kids group home kids really kind of 
are exactly what we're talking about who have some severe behaviors and have a much it seems like a much more difficult time a lot of times than kids who are not a part of that system or have not been traumatized or have a healthy attachment at home. I think, and I don't know if this is what you were saying before, but I think those kids, the group home kids and the foster home kids, their behaviors seem so much more intense and severe because I think their lack of attachment and their lack of connection is so much more intense and severe. I think those two things are, they're directly related to each other. Like the, the, the lower the amount of attachments, safe, appropriate, connected attachments, the higher the behaviors, the risky behaviors. I would agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. just based on experience, yeah, I would agree with that. So consequences also mean nothing. That's a severe case, but day-to-day um, parents that spend a lot of time like yelling at their kids or they put them on their time, like on timeout, but then start like lecturing them or questioning, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? That consequence means nothing. That is no longer a consequence anymore. Now that child is being entertained. Be careful as a parent not to fall into this trap. It's 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 a tricky one because you don't always see it coming, but just try and be more focused into your child's state in that moment of parenting than in your own state because it's it's a it's a tricky trap to fall into. And then once you're in there, then it's difficult to get back out of that. The other time that consequences mean nothing is when there are reinforcers present. And I would say, honestly, parental attention is a reinforcer like when you're yelling at your kid. It's to you, it's a negative consequence, but to them, they may not experience it as much as a negative consequence as you think they are. But um, so that, that's one level of reinforcer. But also, if you send them to their bedroom as a consequence, there's tons of fun stuff in there, probably. I used to think that uh, grounding my son off of the video games is what worked. And so I'd say, okay, you know, you're whatever, you're in trouble, you're not going to play your video games. And he'd go to his room and he'd be fine because he loves to read. And he's got 6,000 books in his room. And so he'd be in there supposedly in my, you know, in mom's mind, punished and thinking all these sad things about how terrible his choices are. Nope, he was reading his books. He was happy as a little clam in there. When the kids feel a sense of hopelessness related to obtaining the privilege, for example, there's no point in trying, so it doesn't matter. That's another time when the consequences mean nothing. If they have nothing to work towards, then there's no point in trying. Why would I do the right thing if there's no way I can ever get the thing I want anyway? This is why timelines for consequences are so important. The time has to fit the crime. You don't want to make your child feel hopeless and then they lose any motivation to engage in appropriate behaviors anymore. Yes, consequences have to fit the way that kids think, not the way adults think. So grounding your kid for the, a teenager for the summer is death row. That makes no sense to them. And it, it's the, the hope is like gone. So they might sneak out. Just, yeah, remember being a kid and remember that it felt like forever. So we talked about negative consequences. Positive consequences, though are when you provide a privilege, is the way I define it, Mercedes, when you provide a privilege after they have earned it, mm-hmm. more or less. I mean, as far as what we have control over. Yeah. So they they earn access to the things that you already have. So that's a positive consequence. That's a privileged thing. That's different than buying them something to reinforce a behavior. This is unnecessary and usually too long-term. That's the difference between a positive consequence and like a gift or a reward in my opinion, I, I define those things differently. You don't have to buy anything new. You already have stuff probably that's reinforcing for them. You don't have to go out and buy a new action figure because they, you know, 
got dressed. Did their homework, yeah. <laughs> or did their homework or whatever, yeah. So <laughs> saying things like, if you get good grades on your report card, I'll give you 20 bucks or whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. For some kids who have a strong bagel break and can tolerate waiting that long, fine. But for many kids, that's like, what are you talking about, mom? That's that's forever and a day away. I have no concept of that. So tomorrow, eh, I might not do my homework. You know, I might not get good grades because that's too far away. It's too far. Um, putting stickers on a like a chart for the entire week, like making them wait the entire week to earn that privilege or buy them something or whatever it is, that entire week might be too long. But what's reinforcing about that is the sticker. You're putting a sticker on that daily or immediately after the behavior happens. That's probably more reinforcing than the thing that they get at the end of the week. And then same thing like putting marbles up in like in a jar Putting same thing, putting marbles in a jar. We've done that at our house. That takes a long time, but my daughter loved when she was younger, putting marbles yeah. in the jar. That was that. what was reinforcing. Yeah, did you? We did that with the kids too. It's she put like one in at a time. It took forever to reach the line, but for her, she was like, when it gets to that line, oh boy, oh boy, right? And I'm like, all right, fine, we'll do whatever, because that didn't matter. What was what was important was putting the damn marble it became the about the marbles right <laughs> mom all, is yeah. this a marble we use these little stones mom is that a stone do i get a green stone the problem that i see parents do all the time is they're giving kids access to these privileges or even the gifts and rewards without them earning it so they come home and watch tv even though homework's not done what 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 Homework must be done first, Justin. I re- I recommend that. That's that's the standard for our household. I, re- I do recommend that because they want the TV. They don't want to do homework. So it makes sense to do the homework first and then get the TV after that. Just like when we go to work. I want money, but I don't get the money first. I have to work first. <laughs> right. You got to right. do the work first. You too? You, Me too. That's how, contract. yeah. Okay. I think we got the raw end of the deal on that one. I want my money first. <laughs> So on top of that, obviously, kids are being given more and more stuff they don't need. It's just, so I, I think the idea of just buying them new things because they've earned it, eh, I don't know about that. I think that it makes more sense that they earn privileges in the home, like Wi-Fi or video games or bike riding time or toys. These things are earned usually after homework or after chores mm-hmm. are done. Mm-hmm. So uh, fun follows work is a good way to remember that. Fun follows fun work. Fun follows work. I like it. I wanted to throw in a little asterisk in here. Bribes are a gift or a reward prior to the behavior we are hoping to see. So again, the difference between a positive consequence and or a gift reward from a bribe is that basically the kid is, this is what we were just saying, right? Getting paid before doing the work. So the kid is getting the treat, the the prize before doing anything for it. Bribery never works. So stay away from bribery. You're just setting yourself up. You are just setting yourself up for failure is is the worst thing. I'll get you ice cream and then we're going to go to school, right? Yeah. Like they, there's always one more thing that they need now because, well, now I got ice cream. Yeah. Well, now, but I'm hungry. I just had, it's ice cream as a dessert. Now I really need to eat. Well, now... My stomach is too full. I can't go to school now. Yeah, if, if you so bribe them the one day the for one thing, right. yeah, they might want more the next day. Or if you can't provide that thing that day, then it's like, well, my, my incentive to go to school now is like, you're not going to buy me ice cream? Meh. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to school today, pops. 
Yep. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with it's yeah, that's a lost battle. If if you're in the bribes game, you've lost that war already. So many are though. Yeah. So many are. They are. And they really believe that it's gonna help and it it's not. I it's not the way the world works. You have to you have to put in the work and then you get the, the reward for it. That's exactly yeah. Fun falls work, just like the real world. Nobody's bribing me to do a darn thing, unfortunately. Sad. The last part of consequences we wanted to go into is natural consequences. These are things that happen as a result of the choices that we make. These are things that just, if parents step out of the way, these are things that just naturally happen. For example, if a child doesn't study, they get an F on the, they potentially get an F on the test or a lower grade. So it's like, a natural consequence is for parents to just step out of the way and let it happen. If they earned that F, you let them keep that F. You don't step in and argue with the teacher. They keep what they earn. It's a natural consequence. Um, so so you don't want to step in and fix it for them, but you also don't need to step in and, and pile it on either. That consequence is the fact that they earned the F, so now they keep the F. That means mom isn't going to save you by arguing with the teacher, but mom doesn't have to make your life worse. You're already suffering for the F. You don't have to make it worse. And, you know, now you're grounded for a week or the whole thing. You wouldn't do that? Mm-mm. I don't think I would. I don't think I would, honestly. No. No. And I think um, okay. if we're if we're speaking specifically about the Corona household, it's actually a conversation I've had a few times with my daughter recently this week. She'll say, well, I don't want to do my homework. I just want to watch TV. Well, so I say, you know, we have a conversation. Well, what happens if you don't do your homework? Well, I don't know. I'm like, okay, do you want to find out? No? Okay, well, that's on you. <laughs> and sometimes I'll play like this. I shouldn't say, I don't think it's sarcastic, but it's like, uh, I kind of play polite but stupid. Like, I don't know what happens. I guess let's find out. And don't do your home. Like, I'll encourage her not to do, you know, the thing that she's supposed to do. But it it becomes a thing where she she doesn't want to find out. She doesn't, she knows that it's not going to be good. She doesn't exactly know what's going to happen, but she doesn't want it. She doesn't want that you. consequence. In the Sinceria household, Bella knows her life will get a lot more bored, boring. <laughs> and so I, I, she's, I don't think she's rarely fights with homework. She rarely, because she knows what's up. And she'll say, like, I don't want to do a chore. That's usually the issue is chores. Or if she said, I don't want to do my homework, I don't make her. I, I'm Honestly, if she got an F, I don't think I would give her more of a consequence. But I think if it was... Um, if it was a repeated thing, or actually, no, actually, even with one F, I'd probably look at, well, what, how did you earn that F? Like, what was happening mm-hmm. to make you earn that F? You're using too much tablet. All right, well, so now the new structure of the home is we're going to pull back on the tablet, you know, less time each day or something like that. So it'd be more of a, yeah. it would be more of a structural change, not like, while well, you're grounded for the day. It'd be like a structural change. Like, there's a problem in our home. There's a, uh, there's a systemic or structural issue happening that we have to change. And that was actually when she was in, um, like, daycare. She was having a little bit, like a little bit of a behavioral problem, and the the change that we made was we didn't just punish her for the day. We we said, well, let's go to bed a little bit earlier and wake up earlier, make sure we're at school on time, blah blah blah. But I'm assuming because this is something I've done too, my myself and my husband, we've done this with our kids. Is I'm assuming that you're not framing it as a punishment. It's more, let me support you in in yeah. getting what you need. For example, getting to bed earlier so that you yeah. can be rested, so that this doesn't happen again. Or let me support you in doing your homework by turning off the television as oh, opposed yeah. to 
you it know, be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like no TV for a week. It's it's well, let me help you get your needs met. I'm I'm just saying like it's it, no, that's it feels exactly different, it. You know, it's a structure. It's just a structure. Parental mm-hmm. expectations sort of change. It's just the standards have changed now. You've earned that F. You get to keep that F. But now us as parents, we're going to change our structure to help support you. Like I said, when she was uh, like in daycare, um, she was having a little bit of behavioral issues, and the teachers told them told us about what was going on. So we changed the structure of the house with like bedtimes and getting up earlier, and making sure that we got there on time and that she had enough sleep and whatnot. And um, we talked to the teacher about it. We said, this is what we changed. This is what we expect of her. And the teacher like started crying and we're like, Whoa, did we do something wrong? And she goes, no, I just, I wish all parents would respond this way because we were like oh, on it. Awesome. Talk to them about it. We were very open and we told Bella, we expect this, this will change. And it did. It was not an issue. We, we made the structure changes that we needed and the teachers knew exactly what was going on. It was a great cohesive, moment and she really, the teacher really appreciated it that's a parenting win i don't mess around on a side oh, note it was a, it was a win well we know my wife and i we don't mess around yeah we take things very seriously sincerity but we also yeah. we we give the sincerity household there's tons of room for failure if you want to fail go right ahead i have not i've never made her do her homework i've never yelled at her if she doesn't want to do her homework she doesn't have to but life is gonna suck for her if she doesn't <laughs> but that's up to her that's her choice obviously i think that after hearing these things, we can tell parents need to make really conscious, measured choices about the consequences that they set. It cannot be something that they make up on the spot based on how angry they are. It has to be something pre-planned that you know, you know, for timeout, it's one minute period of life. Or that if my teenager needs to get grounded, it'll, it'll be for no more than seven days, I'd recommend. It's not two months because I'm so angry. It's the whole summer. Like it, right. it, it cannot be based on your level of anger. It has to be, con- you know, choose... It has to be planned out ahead of time. I would hope that anyone in the home who is doing any, any parenting basically is on the same page and that they know the standards and that whatever pops up, they know the plan of action and they're not thwarting each other's attempts. I think that consequences should mirror real life as much as possible. So on the positive side of things, doing chores, you get paid for it. I think that it, that is a good idea. It matches in large part, the working world, more or less, right? So at the same time, on the negative side of things, that like if a kid is, I don't know, hitting or being mean in some way and they earn a timeout, that's a horrible example, but I'll go with that. They earn a timeout. Like if if you're older and you're not being a good friend, your friends are going to say like, we're done with you, at least for a while, right? But they might be done with you permanently. But they're going to say like, leave get out of here they're going to kick you out of the home they're not they're going to ostracize you from the friendship so if kids learn that lesson early on through something as simple as a timeout, like you're not acting appropriately go sit over there until you're ready to be with us or go sit over there for a minute per year of life or whatever it is that matches in my opinion a real life consequence mercedes and i have not written you know given specific recommendations on what our consequence structure is exactly. I think I'm actually curious what yours would be. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point in the future. But I think we both agree that nobody should be hitting, whooping, spanking, shaming, and even yelling. These things are not super helpful. I think that they can get the kid to do what you want, but that's ultimately not what we want. We don't want kids to be so afraid of us that they do what we want. We want them, honestly, in my opinion, I, I, as a parent, want to have earned my children's respect so much that they naturally want to 
kind of be the child to please the parent. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't like the way it's worded. Well, no, no, but it does make sense because that's exactly what children it do is, yeah. naturally. Yeah. You know, as 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 babies and toddlers, we are their world. We, the parents and the caregivers, we are their entire world, literally, because as infants, they're, we are all that they know. And as they grow older, it is really natural for them to seek to please their parents, their caregivers. Definitely hitting and all these other examples that Justin gave, these methods, they only serve to teach an unintended lesson. We're only teaching, you know, that violence is the way to get what we need or or manipulation or whatever thing. This isn't what we want to teach our kids. We want to try and teach them love and respect and, and getting their needs met appropriately. If you're a parent who is hitting their kids, obviously please stop. But beyond that, if you're a parent who's hitting their kids and you say, well, that's the way I was raised and I'm fine. I would say no, because you're hitting kids. It is not okay to hit kids, period. Well, and I think the hitting from a parent, it only comes from a place of, again, kind of thinking about states, right? Parent state and child state on the polyvagal ladder. A parent hitting their child only comes from a place of, you know, fight, for example, rather than safe and social. No, if you're in safe and social, the idea of hitting someone else is like, what? Right. I w- why would I do that? No, that's not. It really. Sense. I guess. I guess I'm saying it really only serves to meet the parents' needs at that. Yeah. At that oh point. yeah. It's not teaching any lesson, or any. You know, gro- there's no opportunity for growth there. In nope. hitting. Just obedience. It's more about obedience than mm-hmm. anything else. And I, I personally, um, I don't want children that are obedient. I want children that are, like, they want to please people who have earned their respect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to please bosses, to please parents and teachers and to earn the admiration or to, you know, to kind of like earn the respect of the people that they admire. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want my daughter to be obedient to anybody at mm-hmm. all. I want her to be in a relationship in the future where obedience is not a part of the relationship. So I, that's the way I'm going to parent is not about obedience, but about respect and earning things and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I like that. I had, I've never thought about it that way, but obedience is not what we want to teach, which is, it kind of probably feels backwards to a lot of people. No, it does feel backwards, but. But it's like, like, it's an old fashioned notion too, right? Like, especially kind of, I'm thinking of my parents' generation and, you know, obviously further back, but. Totally. Children were obedient, period, end of story. But you're right. I've, and again, I've never thought it, you're like blowing my mind is what it is. So I'm processing it right now. I don't want my daughter to be obedient. I don't want my son to be, to be obedient. I want my children to learn how to do the right thing because it is the right thing to do. And for no other reason, be that, you know, respecting others or being kind to others or, or saying no when that's the right thing. I don't want them to. Oh, I love it. So I'm, you blew my mind. (laughs) Announcements. They are super fans. Super fans. <laughs> that really caught me off guard. I was like, oh, God, what happened? What's happening? <laughs> Announcements here without song is that our super fans are like awesome. a challenge. So <laughs> I gave you a little a little beat there to jump in. <laughs> I have um, kind of like qualified in my head the story I made up about super fans is these are the people that go to the website and you know, subscribe to one of the tiers and get bonus content, right? But there's some super fans out there who are doing some really cool things. And I think 
that super fandom can look a number of different ways. I've noticed a lot recently, a lot of sharing happening on Instagram and yeah. I'm so thankful and appreciative because it just gets the content in front of more people. To me, that's if you, if you listen like that to me, that's a casual fan. Like you're listening. Cool. We appreciate it. But then the people who stick around for this part, like the content is done. Now they're just listening to us. Super fandom right there. But then the people who go and like share it and say, Hey, listen to this thing and share it with their friends and family. Super fandom, right? We have a coworker who is not on social media right off the bat. Like that eliminates a super fandom route, but she has been extremely supportive since the word go of the polyvagal podcast. And I believe it was her that introduced it to her. She goes to this like meditation slash mindfulness group. She, she introduced the polyvagal podcast to the facilitator. And so they, they kind of talk about it week to week in the group, which is awesome. Right? So she introduced it to her two sisters and they listen to it and talk about it week to week. It's like a part of the ritual week to week of, talking about the podcast, prepping dinner on Sunday nights, doing their like weekly meal prep. And so that her sister took it to a group, like she's like a teacher or something like that. And she took it to this like group of girls or maybe a counselor. I'm not sure, but she took it to her girls group and played uh, my open letter. Number two, it's assumed the best. And she played it to the girls group and she said they loved it and they were all in tears. And to me, it's like super duper fandom, you know, That's really and, it had, cool. had, and it had nothing to do with, money it had nothing to do with social media at all it was just sh- literally sharing it with someone live like it's just amazing so i think the super fans can look a lot of different ways and we want we want the super fans to know like we appreciate you however you look however this looks for you like so much and thank you so much definitely i recognize people that are active on you know when you post or when i post something on instagram or on twitter i recognize um people that show up every week for the live the Instagram live stream that we do, I I see I see people's names and I recognize. I just I guess I want them to know that if you're listening this far into the episode, this is the very end of the episode. You're already super fan status, and on top of it, I just want to recognize that I I see you, we see you, we recognize you that you're here for us and and you're every step of the way with us, and it's it's amazing. I I super appreciate it. I think you do Absolutely. as well, Justin. Absolutely, Absolutely. Your homework assignment this week is to plan out your consequences. That way it's not just made up on the spot based on how angry you are. So write out your consequences. Write them on, you know, so kids can see them if you want to. Talk about it with your spouse or a grandparent in the house or whoever else. Or the kids. is, And the kids themselves, absolutely. So plan them out, make them known, and then of course follow through. But at least plan them out. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Just... I'm struggling so much not to say so. Just try and remember. (laughs) So it's such an easy transition. I'm losing it. Um, this is why. This is why. Therefore, irregardless. Hitherto. This is why timelines for shut up.